Welcome to the Financial Detox Podcast, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labram, certified financial planner and founder of Labram Wealth Management. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. And now he wants to empower you to do the same. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith every other week as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Hi, this is Jason Labram, your host of Financial Detox right here in studio with my man, Alex Klingensmith. And we're back. Financial Detox. I love that we have our own studio. We are going to start creating, making, building out the studio this weekend. Yep. How's that, Alex? I like our current studio, but I'm excited about the new one. The new one's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be cool. I can't wait to do it. And we're going to have some video stuff going on there. It's going to be really fun. Good. We should maybe do Facebook Live for Financial Detox. We should look into that. Well, you've been on Facebook Live a few times as a guest, I think, right? Yeah. I think there was another one that uh, was coming up. So that'd be fun too. But we'll see how it goes. But anyway, here we are on Financial Detox, Mm -hmm. live on the podcast. And we are talking about a couple different things. But one of the things we want to spend this show helping you get a better handle on is the topic of market timing. Mm Mm-hmm. 10-year bull run. 10-year bull run here that we've been in. Longest ever. Not by... It is by time, but not by percentage of growth. Ah, there we go. But what does that mean? Right? Okay. So market timing, bull run. What is market timing? It means trying to get in the market and or out of the market at the right time. Mm -hmm. Hence, your timing when you're in and out of the market. Let's see what Andrea says here. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? This is Jason on Financial Detox. Hi, Jason. This is Adele. Adele. So I'm so happy that you're calling in. We've been trying to orchestrate getting callers to call into the show and the podcast because we love talking to people and answering real questions from real human beings in an authentic and transparent way. So thank you so much for calling in. Sure. I love it. Awesome. I mean, it worked so well. I wasn't even ready for you. It was just like you were there. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, today we're talking about market timing on the show. I don't know if that ties into your question, but why don't you go ahead and let us know what's on your mind? Okay. Well, this might be kind of out there, but I'll throw it out there. And then I have another question if it's just not you know, in the right realm. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> but um, I am a small business owner based out of Alaska, but I travel and work internationally. So I'm only in the States about a month a year. Um, everything runs through Alaska. Whoa. And I have a remote team. So none of them are based in the US. Um, so just so you kind of understand my business a little. And my question is, um, I am working on planning a better financial future. That is not something I've been really great at. Um, and so I'm looking at my business, which is currently a sole proprietor and debating whether I should turn it into an LLC. Um, I seem to get varying responses to that question. And I'm getting close to the like financial cost in terms of what we make. So I wanted to see if you had an opinion about that. Um, And yeah, I do have a very unique business set up with my team and then also the way that I travel. So (laughs) Wow. No kidding. May I ask what your business does? What do you do? Yeah. So my business is called Live Large Design and we do graphic and web design. Oh, 
everybody needs help with their graphics and web design. <laughs> of course. It is a beast of a thing to try and conquer. As a business owner myself, I'm sure that what you do is uh, valuable for people because it is a beast to try and do if you don't have expertise in the technology arena and outsourcing, even finding people outsourced to do it is very difficult. So that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we specialize in branding platforms. So we're super passionate about building things strongly from the beginning. (laughs) I love it. Very fun. Well, thank you for calling. It's a really good question. So I just want to reiterate for the listeners who maybe didn't hear you clearly enough through the connection. But the question is, Adele runs this business and it's a unique business, which I don't think actually is going to pertain to my answer. But you have employees or contractors. I'm assuming most of those people are contractors. You got it. Yep. Okay. So they're all contractors. You're the only employee in the company. Correct. Okay. And running it currently as a sole prop, should I move it to an LLC? Why would I move it to an LLC? I think it's a great question. I'm not an attorney and I'm not a business attorney and a structural attorney. I actually have a couple really good attorneys that I rely on for these type of things. I have a good enough understanding. Sure. I think I can answer the question, but I would definitely seek an attorney like people should seek you when they're looking for web design and creative graphic design and whatnot and branding. But the reason why we have an LLC is because the corporate veil provides some protection from your other personal assets as opposed to being a sole prop. Your business is exposed right alongside of your home and all your other things because it's owned by you as a human being. Right. When entity owns your business and it's formed as an entity, you do create some corporate protection there. And I'm thinking corporate protection, not from assuming you're doing something bad, because I bet you're not, just like we're not. But you still want protections from frivolous lawsuits, from whatever else may happen. Somebody trips and falls in your business or you have a typo when you're designing a website for them and it hurts their business because it spelled a really bad word or who knows. I'm just making that up. But yeah. So I think LLC makes a lot of sense for you. They're very simple. Even in California, our high tax state, you have an LLC, it only costs you 800 bucks a year. So depending on your revenue and whatnot, you know, that probably is not a huge expense to add some protections to you. Absolutely. I don't know if it's a mistake, but one of the things I did is I was an LLC, our business was, and we filed taxes in S-Corp because it saved money on taxes. It was a beneficial filing status for us. But we ended up now with bringing on partners and adding employees as owners has created additional complexity, which we didn't really think through that far enough, You know, not assuming where the business would go long run. And so these are big decisions that you definitely want to talk through an attorney and say, so what happens if my business grows to 75 employees 10 years down the road? Am I still going to be happy with this structure? If you think that's a possibility. Got it. No, that makes sense a lot. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your um, input there um, as I figure out which direction to go. Yeah, Alex was going to say... Yeah, hi, Adele. This is Alex on the show as well. I wanted to continue the answer too, because I think part of your question had to do with saving for the future. And regardless of what business entity type you have, whether it's a sole proprietorship or an LLC or an S corporation, there's different types of retirement accounts that you should start immediately if you don't already have them, right? A SEP IRA okay. is a really good common option that we see for sole proprietors even, right, Jason? It's perfect. I mean, that's what... And I'm so glad you said it, Alex, because that's what I was thinking in my mind. And maybe it's Adele's second part to her question. 
but yet putting together a retirement plan so that you can shelter some of your money from current taxes when you're making more money and push that taxes forward to when you're retired, you're making less money, you pay lower taxes or even doing a Roth. There's a lot of different options. And automating your savings is huge because business owners have a variable income, right? Variable revenue, variable income. But life happens quickly. And so you look back and you say, gosh, if I would have just started last year. So don't hesitate on that. Start now, today. Automate contributions into multiple different retirement accounts, a SEP, a Roth, even an after-tax investment account, right? And that's where you see the most success with people is if is early and often and regular and automated. Okay. And then do you have, not to ask another tiered question, but do you have a suggestion um, on where I start with that? I just feel like my capacity is low to kind of, I don't know, research that. You know, some people told me I need a financial advisor. I don't really know where to go to find that. <laughs> Well, that's almost planted. Your question is so good. That if you're listening to the show, you, <laughs> Adele is totally a planted caller, and uh, <laughs> it depends. Look, you know your situation, the complexity. If you don't have confidence in what you're doing and the decisions you're making, or what retirement accounts, and you don't understand them, and you don't understand how to construct a proper global allocation, and all the you know jargon that we use in our industry, I would absolutely seek counsel. You go to places like financialdetox.com to get counsel, right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> All right. and I would be very cautious about the type of advisor you work with. And I think there's some great advisors in the business. So I'm not talking bad about advisors, but there is a very large distinction between true fiduciaries and advisors who are legally bound to act in your best interest and they disclose to you all the compensation they receive, which is beyond fiduciary full disclosure advisor, and advisors who receive compensation in ways that could cloud their judgment on what ultimate products they recommend for you and how they help you. So I would seek yeah. you know, fee-only or full-time, all-the-time fiduciary advisors, which you mostly find in an RIA, not to use another acronym, that stands for Registered Investment Advisory Firm. Those are firms that are independent in their nature. They typically are not getting paid to sell one particular fund versus another, one product, one bond, one stock. They're getting paid by you, the client, to give you great advice. And that's really the best place to go, in my mind. Okay. I really appreciate that. And um, can I ask you one follow-up question? You bet. Okay, sorry, I've taken a lot of time. No, um, no, no, <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so I think the thing holding me back, I'm sure you guys hear this all the time, is I feel like I don't have enough like liquid right. money to to put into that. So you say start today, like is there a a certain quantity of money that you would say I need to roll into, you know, this first meeting with a financial advisor, or you're just saying get in there and make something happen? Look, that's a great question. If you're a business owner though, and you need retirement plans, you need a, either a SEP or you're going to do a solo 401k or you're going to do something, that depends on how much money do you have that you are willing to, and I won't ask you that on air, but how much money mm-hmm. are you capable of or willing to save a year? That would be part of the question. But if you get the right advisor that you're talking to, which somebody at Labor and Wealth Management and the Financial Detox Team at Labor and Wealth Management could certainly help you. But if it's not a good fit, like if we don't see that we're going to bring enough value to you because the dollar amount would be low, then we can mm-hmm. certainly and point you in the right direction to say, look, you don't need us yet. Your situation is too simple. 
do this, open an account here, open this type of account, invest it in this. When it gets over, you know, a certain dollar amount, then call us in the meantime if you have any complicated questions. So the right advisor should help you. And I would seek counsel because like financial detox, our show is about empowering individuals to not be taken advantage of by the financial industry mm-hmm. and jargon and all that. So that's all we really thrive on and feed on helping people. Even if in the end, it doesn't make us money today, we know that we do something for the client or the potential client and, and it comes around, right? So yeah, I think there's several people like us in the industry that would love to point you in the right direction, even if they aren't going to stand to make money from it. Right, Alex? Mm-hmm. And we'll follow up with you, Adele, with someone from our team to help you through that conversation kind of more in detail. Awesome. Some ideas we work with Charles Schwab a lot. And so there's ways to start with almost... Okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, we literally have brought on kids of clients or new business owners, people who are just starting to save that don't have... I mean, 5,000 bucks, right? And we're, we're getting set up on a saving plan. And we actually have a service model designed to help folks like that. But then again, even if that's not a good fit, we're going to point you in the right way. We also have clients with multiple, multiple, multiple millions. So... We can help you probably get you pointed in the right way, maybe even open the account. But like Alex said, we custody our clients' assets at Schwab. We have a great relationship with them, also TD Ameritrade. So we can get you set up regardless. And if there's enough value we're providing to you, then there'll be a cost associated with that. If there isn't, then we're going to just set you up and point you in the right direction and there's not going to be any cost to you. That's amazing. That's how I like to do business too. So I appreciate that. What's your website? Just uh, since you're you know, calling in here, I'd like to at least let people know who you are and where you're at and they can check you out in case they're currently in need of graphic design or, or website support. Thank you so much. Uh, Live Large Design. So www.livelargedesign.com. Easy enough. Okay, cool. Adele, yeah. thanks for the call. <laughs> I hope you have a great one. We will have somebody from our team follow up with you so uh, we can answer any questions, get you pointed in the right direction. Awesome. Much appreciated. Right on. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. There we go. How was that? That was fun. That was great. What a nice young woman. What a business structure. She's out of Alaska. (laughs) One month a year. The rest of the time she's traveling, doing what? There was a lot of going on there. Yeah. Sounds like a millennial. That's awesome. Very interesting. Traveling the world and managing teams of uh, contractors doing web design and and branding. and, and And all of her contractors are somewhere else. Yeah. That's cool. That's amazing. That's technology and globalization. I mean, that's what we talk about in investing, but that's a real example, right? Of somebody who's really embracing the ability to operate a business like I mean, you couldn't do that 10 years ago, even probably. No chance. <laughs> well, I mean, look at Upwork, right? A website yeah. we use sometimes for certain things. It's like going to VRBO where you are looking for a place to stay and they're ranked and they have star ratings and, stuff, and they have yeah. a story and feedback and you see the price. You can go pick people across the world to work for you for unbelievable prices who do a great job and they're really talented. And you can see examples of their work. You can communicate with them. You can Skype with them live and see them. And they're, yeah. they're in Israel. We've worked with people in, of course, not China, India, India we tons. Had, we didn't remember. He was great. Ashish. 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 He was awesome. Really great. Ashish. (laughs) Look him up. Um, Anyway, so yeah, that was fun. That's great to bring in a caller. I mean, this is, you know, when we're not in studio and doing the show, Financial Detox, we're in front of clients or prospective clients almost all the time. And it's fun. I bet our team had at least four or five conversations already this week because today's Thursday, right? With people just like Adele, meaning like they're hesitating on, you know, can I afford to start saving? I don't want my business to suffer. I want to be able to, you know, continue running a business. 
and our team will help get you started because you do need to just start, even if it's like a hundred bucks a month, you know, and then you ramp it up and you keep revisiting and reinforcing good behavior. Like yeah, it is. Else. That's a good point. Yeah. Starting, getting started is the hardest getting part started. with anything. Have you ever yeah. noticed even at work, like when you have a big task and you have a bunch of little unnecessary, non-urgent tasks, but you have really important big things that you know are more complex, we tend to just stay on email and handle those little yeah. easy things and just keep taking little tiny chips away at it. When if yeah. you just smoke the big task and get that thing out of the way, the rest seems so easy. I did that yesterday, Alex. I had such a good day because Andrea, who works with us here and helps me with a lot of stuff, she said, you've got these tasks, you got to crush them out. And I was like, they were the big rocks, huh? They were the big rocks. And we moved the big rocks. I mean, I slept great last night. <laughs> I just because I moved some of the big rocks. It was yeah. great. That's good. I'm proud of you. Thanks. It was fun. Same thing today yeah, and tomorrow. The credit <laughs> needs to go to Andrea, not to me. <laughs> well, okay. Because it's teamwork. <laughs> it's, it's all about the team. I want to pause for just one second because we have a couple of great people that help us make this show possible. They're the kind of people we like and trust. And so we want you to know who they are. Hi, this is Jason Labram, your host of Financial Detox. One of our partners, J.R. Phillips at the J.R. Phillips Group, is the man who can help you with real estate. He's your local North County source for all things real estate. For over 13 years, he's built a business built on trust and referrals where the client always comes first and comes before the commissions. You can check out J.R. Phillips online at thejrphillipsgroup.com. That's thejrphillipsgroup.com. Or give J.R. a call at 866 883 6065. Once again, that's 866-883-6065. Hello. Hey, it's Mark Robertson from Caliber Home Loans. If you're like a lot of my clients, you probably have been led on into a mortgage by a super low rate that didn't exist. I've been doing loans here in San Diego since 2001, and I differentiate myself by giving everybody a, a straight story from the very beginning. If you're somebody who appreciates a very transparent approach and you don't want the smoke and mirrors that comes with the mortgage industry, I'm your guy. You can reach me at 858-401-9353. Again, it's 858-401-9353. Um, okay, so we're talking about market timing, yes, which is off topic of what our question was, but that's okay because mm-hmm. in the end, it comes to even if you start investing as a business owner, do you time it? I bet there are people out there today that say, Ooh, I heard the market is high. I'm not going to start now. I'm going to wait later because I heard the market's high. I'm going to time it and wait. And I think that would be a big mistake, right, Alex? That's right. And let me help further define market timing in simple words so that people, I mean, we all kind of think we know what it is. And some of us really do know what it is. Some of us have done it or tried it, right? Oh, yeah. To time the market. And what it is, is so there's different types of ways you can invest your money. And one of the most common ways is just having it in cash in a bank account or even an investment account sitting in cash Mm -hmm. or a cash equivalent like a money market. And so what market timing then is saying is I know or I'm going to try to time when to take my cash and invest it in something else like a stock or a bond or a mutual fund in stocks or bonds, right? Right. And then I'm going to know when to put it into those things and then take them out. Depending. So you got to buy in and you got to sell out. Yep. So you got to buy and you got to sell. Over and over and over again. When am I going to do that? For the point, and the goal is to grow your money in a way where hopefully you know exactly when to get out of the market before it goes down. So a lot of people think that's right now. Or they think it's... Maybe they think it was five years ago. 
which is, you know, there's certainly I, people we know that four or five years ago said this market is at a top. It's been a long bull run. We should get out. Mm-hmm. And had they done that, they would have lost out on huge gains. It's amazing because there's always a way to reinforce your decision to your thought. So like some people are politically motivated by data. Like the, you look, all the you know, Trump got elected, it's going to crash. Or they can be motivated by actual data in the markets. Like it's a 10-year bull run. It's now going to crash. There's always going to be something. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy right. sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So what we do, I think, with everything we do is we have evidence to support our discipline strategy, right? Yep. Data. Now, does evidence, the, market, do the data. markets always go up forever? No. No, no one's pretending to say that here. We don't predict anything here. Well, I will predict this. Yeah. <laughs> there will be another market crash. <laughs> yes. When? Don't know. Yep. How severe? Don't know, but it's coming. The markets cannot and will not go up forever. Volatility is a normal and natural part of the markets. And when we say the markets, we mean investing in stocks, investing in bonds, having ownership in companies, lending your money. Markets go up and down. They do. But over time, what happens is the weak or failing companies fall out the bottom and the markets continue to innovate and get better. Just like the vehicle you drive today has evolved so much over the vehicle you had 10 years ago and 10 years before that and 10 years before that. That works just like the markets. The markets continue to evolve. They get better. They get pure. They get truer. They get more technologically advanced. The companies within them all get better, make more profits, become more scalable, become more efficient. And then the junk just falls out the bottom, right? So you just want to make sure you don't buy any of the junk falling out the bottom or just maintain the strategy or the discipline to have a diversified portfolio because you can't, maybe you can't pick and know what's going to be bad or good in terms of what company is going to go away. Well, how many fail? Right. How many people own Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers? How many people own Enron, Kodak, you know, WorldCom? We can go through countless examples of companies that did go away. And that's one of the reasons why we are not huge fans of A, market timing, or B, particularly trying to pick the individual hot stock or the individual two or three stocks or five stocks that we like, or even 20 or 30, because the markets do so well over longer periods of time. If you just let them work for you, that takes discipline. Oh, it's brutally hard and it's not sexy. It's not exciting and it's painful. And at a time when I think if you put 10 of your best friends in a room and in 2009, remember 2009? The beginning or the end? At any point in 2009, actually. And you said, look, who in here picked it right? Who timed this right? Who went to cash, you know, last year or the year before? And, you know, maybe there's going to be a couple of people in there that I don't want to call them, don't use the word liar, but maybe they're not being fully disclosing. They're they're telling part of the story. Part of the story. Omitting, omitting facts. Like like they sold some money to buy something and they said, because they had to spend the money and they said, well, I got out of the market at that time because... Or they sold some of their stuff. And anyways, (laughs) there's going to be two or three people that are like that. There's going to be two or three people that are brutally honest and are just like, I feel terrible right now. I'm right. getting hammered. It's just awful. I feel like my 401k is a 201k. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and there might be one person in the room who actually you know, got lucky is the way that I put it. Like mm-hmm. actually made a decision at some point the year before the, or two years before 09 to actually do something based on who knows what, any sort of one yep. piece of data, the political, the factual, the whatever it is. But I think the point is, and we read a lot of research from Dimensional, yep. right? From Charles Schwab, from Vanguard, from all these big giant Black research. Rock, name yeah. it. The biggest research firms in the world. 
And every study that you read about market timing comes back with the same basic takeaway is that it, you can't do it successfully long term. And if you try, you'll end up getting about the same experience or worse with more volatility. I don't, will you get the same experience? <laughs> well, DFAs was interesting because the average returns, they clearly define what market timing was. And then they did a bunch of back tested research on if you owned a 60 40 versus just treasury bills and you timed it. And the returns were really actually almost close. No one actually successfully did this. No manager actually did this for real. Right. All the ones that tried, most of them failed miserably. So but they're if, just saying if you actually timed it relatively well, yep. you still didn't end up ahead. It was more volatility. But you added a lot more volatility. Yeah. You added a lot more stress. Way you, more stress to time the market. Completely stripped financial peace of mind away from your life. Mm-hmm. And you became a gambler. And you made even a little bit less than if you would have just stayed in and been disciplined. So you end up with less and you're more stressed out. That doesn't sound like a good plan. But I think what happens, Alex, in our business, in the financial industry, there has been a gigantic... I don't want to use the word fraudulent, but what is the word I can use? A gigantic misconception portrayed upon individuals who are not industry individuals. You're talking about the advisors. I'm talking about advisors and financial firms and commercials and CNBC. And I love CNBC. Some great information out of there. But you get guests on radio shows or you get guests on TV shows who act as if they know what the market is going to do. They act as if they can predict. And ah, the market's not... A guy on the show I listened to uh, yesterday or day before says, in 10 years from now, the market will be lower than where it is today. And he says it with absolute confidence, like I'm the authority on all future telling. And I mean, how could you say that? Like, Maybe he has a DeLorean and he came back from the future. He could have. If he did, <laughs> I want to see it. Um, but I think our industry has done a gigantic disservice yeah. to investors by making them think there is a chance they could do better by trying to get in and get out and get in. And there's been so much profit made off of getting investors to do that. They've moved their money to the active money manager. They've bought and sold stocks on E-Trade. I mean, how many people have... Not that E-Trade's bad. How many people have an account where they're using some organization to facilitate transferring? And they're making them think, you know, think or swim, trade options, come to our stock trading class. It's easy. Red light, green light, go, momentum, you know, buy on the above line, sell below the line. Do you ever listen to TED Talks? Yeah. You know Simon Sinek, the guy who you you for the name? Yep. He has one. It's all about the why. It makes you think of like this industry goes back a long time, right? Financial services, brokers, you know, advisors. I wonder what started in the very beginning with all of it. Like, what's the why? Like, if you were to answer the question, like, why do you do what you do, Jason? Right. You know, do you know why you do what you do? Well, yeah, totally. I mean, (laughs) I know why I do what I do, but are you asking more about why do we invest? No, I think. What I'm getting at, to jump to the point here, is I think in the beginning of investing, back when investors decided I'm going to invest, I think perhaps maybe the motivation of the advisors or brokers might have started off on the wrong foundation. Whereas I think what we do here on this show and in our real lives here with what we do with our clients is, I think the why for me is I really want people to have peace of mind in investing their money and solving their financial world problems. Right. I really want them to not be stressed out about it. Right. And I don't want them to think that I know something that they don't know either because I don't. You well, know? you do know how to construct allocation and you do know how to build financial plans and they don't know how to do that. Sure, but I don't know. I can't predict the future though. 
No, what you're saying is you're not going to pretend to know something you don't know. Right. You are our going to. Does that. Our industry does it all the time. That's terrible though. It is terrible because you're selling a falsehood, right? Mm-hmm. You're selling to people a dream or a vision or a thought that you have some intellectual capital about what's going to happen in the marketplaces or you have some algorithm and system that's going to move you in and out of the market and time you into something better when all data speaks to, I probably can't say all, the large majority or most data in the universe, including Warren Buffett, including Peter Lynch, and even people who ran actively managed funds very successfully, the data says, if you try and get in and out of the market based upon the headlines and what's going on, you will ultimately end up worse than if you just embrace a portfolio that means a mix of stocks and bonds that fits your tolerance for risk and volatility mm-hmm. that ties into your life financial plan. You will be better off, not only financially, but you will be so much better off mentally, <laughs> yeah. right? You will avoid the great behavioral blunders that most investors make. You will avoid those sleepless nights and those moments where you're staring at the stock screen going, oh my gosh, I bought that thing. It's going down. That's terrible. It's not a good feeling. I know I've been there. You can have a phenomenal return on your portfolio that can match your plan and your risk tolerance. And if you just build in the discipline, hire the right coach who's after it to do what's in your best interest. the right why. Right then you'll be wildly successful. So if you're not picking it up, right, what we're putting down here, <laughs> it's we believe that market timing is a falsehood designed, that. <laughs> that designed to benefit the financial industry and not benefit you as an investor. And that's too bad and it's sad, but that's what financial detox is about, is breaking down these barriers between the falsehoods of toxification when it comes to money Mm-hmm. financial detox, like you get a health cleanse, like you get yourself in shape and start feeling good and getting those toxins out of your body. We have to get the toxic thinking that permeates our mind out of our minds so that we can build something that really works. The yeah. other part of the equation though, not yeah. to just beat up on maybe Wall Street and the wrong motivators, but I think that there's some really, really smart people that know better than to get caught in that trap that really are trying to market time because they don't like being average. They don't like being part of the masses. They say, you know, I can do better than this. I can figure this out. Really good point. And we have some clients. I mean, I'm not going to name any names. I love these people. And they're incredibly intelligent. (laughs) Many engineers and people that are just multiple PhDs. Smart. And they are smarter than everybody else on many topics. But this is one that you can't just it's not worth trying to do. Well, what how do, so how do we talk about that? I mean, like you have somebody who, yes, you are smart. Yes, you ran a business. Yes, you created. Yes, you're probably uh, significantly higher average intelligence than the general population. Mm-hmm. And they say to themselves, I don't want to be average. I don't want to accept market returns. However, I would position it like this. To display your intelligence in the financial arena would be to embrace the power of the markets because the markets are the combined knowledge of millions of participants. And those millions of participants combined are certainly smarter than any one individual, even (laughs) you. Yeah, And those millions of participants are making prices in securities through buying and selling. And when you put all of those millions together, they come up with 
a really good price. And here's the deal. If you want to be better than everybody else when it comes to investing, if you want to achieve more and display your true brilliance, then it is done by embracing the power of the markets and getting market-like returns. Because as our data shows, and we'll throw this link in the show notes. So if you want to go to our website at financialdetox.com, you can get the whole show notes. We'll have some really good links in there for you. But when you look at the investor behavior report done by Dalbar, and you look at how investors perform versus how markets perform, it's dismal. The performance of really smart, intelligent people, including active money managers on Wall Street, trying to portray to you that they know how to time the market. Their performance is dismal when compared to the market. So if you want to be smarter and better than everybody else, you embrace the power of the market, you build the right portfolio, you tie it to your financial plan, and you do not make behavioral blunders. If you do that, you're smarter than everybody else, and you're going to get better returns than the huge preponderance of all investors on the earth. And with all of your extra time, you can focus on maybe doing things that you really are an expert in, in inefficient markets. Meaning, right. Meaning like build, running building, a business. Yeah, building something new or coming up with the cure to cancers, things that are just remarkably inefficient, inefficient, meaning inefficient in the sense that, you know, there's not millions of people that are all coming together on one way to do that, right? Right. So there's tons of places to extract arbitrage and value, buying private businesses, running private businesses, all kinds of things, scientific research, but it's not in the market. So you want to be smarter than everybody else. You want to avoid the great behavioral blunders that most investors make and have your money compound at a much higher average annual rate of return then embrace the power of the markets. Talk to the financial detox team at Labor and Wealth Management. Let us help you get on track, simplify, reduce your costs, minimize your taxes and turnover, and create true financial peace of mind. That's right. That's the financial detox show right here live for you. So, all right, <laughs> listen, if you want to get a hold of us, 877-707-8889, please reach out. Give us a call. Let us help you out. 877-707-8889. Or you can go to Jason at financialdetox.com. That's an email, jason at financialdetox.com. Any questions you have, concerns, if you want to be a caller on the show, we'd love to have you. Mm -hmm. Shoot an email to jason at financialdetox.com. What are we talking about? We always have a portfolio challenge. We We love it. Yeah, we want to give you a reason to actually engage us. Take action about it. Here's a way to do it. We'll give you $100 if we can't show you a way to improve your portfolio. Right. So this is just, it's not a combative, hey, me versus you. This is a friendly look. We want to show you what we do. And if we waste your time and we don't show you meaningful improvement, meaningful, measurable improvement in the way you've structured your portfolio, your financial plan, your investment portfolio, we're going to say, hey, go to dinner on us. Take a hundred bucks, have a nice dinner with your spouse. But if we do, if we are able to show you meaningful improvement, then I would say, let's talk about how we could maybe work together because we want to grow our business around great people and we want to bring on more good clients. So that's right. That's the call to action. Take us up. We call it our $100 Portfolio Challenge. Again, 877-707-8889 or shoot an email right to the inbox at jason at financialdetox.com. That's jason at financialdetox.com. What's our topic for next show? Do we know? I do know. And I think you'll like this one. And I'll keep it real brief because I know we're we're out of time already. But one of the things that came out this week or maybe early last week was Fidelity came out announcing they're going to offer two new zero-cost mutual funds. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other big announcements that have, are happening or have already happened kind of tailored around this. This is yep. the race to zero. Fidelity yeah. actually is at zero now. <laughs> on a couple funds. On yeah. two of them. Yeah, the total US one and then the international and emerging combination mutual fund. So that'll be our next topic. We'll talk about that, what it is, what it means, what you should and shouldn't do with that information. Yeah, can we and, tie that into just how do you not... I mean, because look, 
everybody wants to pay the least and get the most. How about zero? Right. How about how do you pay the least and get the most when it comes to financial planning and the race to zero with Fidelity Zero? So we'll wrap all that up. That'll be great. That'll be the next show. We do these shows right now every other week so you can catch them on any podcast that's out there. You go to Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Financial Detox. You can also find it at financialdetox.com. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this show. We hope you love listening and we'll catch you in a week or two. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Financial Detox team at Labrum Wealth Management and get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Labrum Wealth Management. If you're ready for financial detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889 and get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way you'll be automatically notified about upcoming podcasts. Thanks again for being part of our community and for taking one more step toward financial peace of mind. The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Labram Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this podcast and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on the information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss from investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for a particular investor's financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.